John 20. On the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark. She saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she went running to Simon Peter and to the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said to them, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they've put him. At that, Peter and the other disciple went out heading for the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and got to the tomb first. Stooping down, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then, following him, Simon Peter also came. He entered the tomb and saw the linen cloths lying there. The wrapping that had been on his head was not lying with the linen cloths, but was folded up in a separate place by itself. The other disciple who had reached the tomb first then also went in, saw, and believed, for they did not yet understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to the place where they were staying. But Mary stood outside the tomb, crying. As she was crying, she stooped to lick into the tomb. She saw two angels in white sitting where Jesus' body had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you crying? Because they've taken away my Lord, she told them, and I don't know where they've put him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know it was Jesus. Woman, Jesus said to her, Why are you crying? Who is it that you're seeking? Supposing he was the gardener, she replied, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. Turning around, she said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Don't cling to me, Jesus told her, since I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and tell them that I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and she told them what he had said to her. When it was evening on that first day of the week, the disciples were gathered together with the doors locked because they feared the Jews. Jesus came, stood among them, and said to them, Peace be with you. Having said this, he showed them his hands and his side, so the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. After saying this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, called Twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples were telling him, We've seen the Lord. But he said to them, If I don't see the mark of the nails in his hands, put my finger into the mark of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will never believe. A week later, his disciples were indoors again and Thomas was with them. Even though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and look at my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Don't be faithless, but believe. Thomas responded to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It's a big day in our reading plan. It's Resurrection Day. In 1 Corinthians fifteen fourteen, when Paul wrote about this moment 30 years after the fact, he said, And if Christ has not been raised, then our proclamation is in vain, and so is your faith. 
The resurrection of Christ is the hinge point of history and the foundation of our faith. It's impossible to overemphasize the importance of this event. When our reading opens, roughly three days have passed since Jesus was crucified. It was the pre-dawn hours of Sunday morning. While it was still dark, Mary went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed. She ran to tell Peter and John, who came running back to see for themselves. They both saw the linen grave clothes folded up and placed aside. This is noteworthy because they may have still wondered at this point if his body had been stolen by grave robbers. But thieves don't fold laundry. They never would have taken the time to unbind him, fold up the clothes, and place them to the side. They'd just take the body, embalming rags and all. So this was one of the disciples' first clues that Jesus had risen from the dead. Meanwhile, Mary stood outside sobbing, probably feeling confused and elated and hopeful and fearful. She stooped to look back into the tomb and saw two angels sitting at each end of where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and one at the foot. This placement is reminiscent of the mercy seat. The mercy seat was the cover for the Ark of the Covenant, the very spot where God's presence would come to dwell with his people in the tabernacle and the temple. The mercy seat had two cherubim, one on each end. In Exodus 25:22, God told the Israelites, I will meet with you there above the mercy seat between the two cherubim that are over the Ark of the Testimony. I will speak with you from there about all that I command you regarding the Israelites. And while cherubim and angels are two different types of created beings, they're both God's agents sent to mark out his plan. And there, between those two angels, the Father's presence had been made manifest not only in the death of his son, but in the raising of his son. When Mary turned around, she was in the darkness of the tomb. She saw a man outside. It was maybe still dark outside, or maybe he was even backlit by the rising sun. She assumed he was the gardener. Remember from yesterday's reading how the soldiers took Jesus' clothes and cast lots for them? In ancient times, most men only had one tunic, and they usually wore it every day. I've heard some scholars say it would have been common to recognize a person at a distance by the cut and color of their tunic. But Jesus didn't have his tunic and his turban anymore. We don't know what new clothes he had to wear or where he got them. And the lighting wasn't optimal, and Mary probably still had tears in her eyes, so she had no way of knowing that the man she thought was the gardener was actually the risen Christ standing in front of her. But he spoke her name, Mary. And suddenly she knew there was no doubt. She wept and fell at his feet and grabbed onto him and worshipped him. There are a few noteworthy things here. First, Jesus receives worship. He knows he is God. Second. Matthew 28, 9 tells us she grabbed his feet. He's not an apparition or a ghost. He's a real risen body. Third, in ancient times, women couldn't even be witnesses in court. They were considered unreliable. So if someone were making this whole story up, they would have chosen a more reliable witness in that culture to help give this story more validity. But Jesus had always gone to the rejected, the outcast, to those considered less than... It's such a Jesus move to have his first resurrected revealing be to a woman, much less one who had once been possessed by seven demons. I love that about him. Later that day, the disciples were all gathered together and Jesus appeared in the room with them, even though all the doors were locked. He opened with, peace be with you, because that's probably what you have to say when you nearly startle everyone to death. He showed them the holes in his hands and sighed, then commissioned them to spread the word to the world and told them to receive the Holy Spirit. Thomas wasn't there when this happened, so when word got back to him, he said, 
show me and I'll believe it. We've called him Doubting Thomas, but Jesus never called him that. First, all of these guys doubted until they saw it with their own eyes. They could all be doubting disciples. Second, Jesus never shamed Thomas for questioning things. Instead, a week later, he walked through another wall to meet Thomas in his doubts and questions and said, Hey, I heard you need a little more evidence. Here you go. Jesus showed him the scars and the wounds, and Thomas was in awe, confessing him to be his Lord and God. Then Jesus blessed you and me both when he said, Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Yes and amen. He's where the joy is. I'm Tara Lee Cobble, and you're listening to the He's Where the Joy Is podcast presented by LifeWay. LifeWay. 